di tempore abiet in diebas purano magos, ad speculacatum e eset incompliwit, sed id durationel scribem tenibre numere pro mi utor, numere pro mi utor, numere pro mi utor, et factum estita, sed omnes res quoqua finum, Yam dicam deorum numero, yam dicam deorum numero, qui vocat se sunt numeratus, qui vocat se sunt numeratus, hac nocte sat satas, incipiet numeratio, incipit numeratio, nocte prioritas acquientas sunt, hac nocte somos Alex Gash! start counting again for some reason. <sighs> I feel this I feel the spirit of counting upon me. I feel yeah, flushed out. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost as if like I no longer have to throw random letters of the alphabet at the end of the number 300 anymore. Yeah, let's um yeah, so what are we what are how are we going to count? Like give me um give me some give Not, me some real numbers. Like 300 and you know 14ish. 314-ish? Yeah, maybe 16. I'm not sure. I have to figure out what episode number we're on. I, I have a good example. I have a good idea. What's that? All right. So do you know what a happy number is? Uh, One that just got jerked off after a massage? Yes. And do you... There's a happy number... There's a happy prime right after the number 300, which is 313. Um, No, I don't know what a Merzen prime is. I don't know what a happy prime is. So a happy number is where you take every happy number, sorry. Yeah, when you take every digit of the number and you square it and you add them all together and then you keep doing that process until either it reduces to 1 or it starts to repeat itself. Wait, give an example of how this works. Like say it out loud. Um okay. the easiest example is uh uh 13, yeah. right? So 1 squared is 1 and 3 squared is 9. Yeah. You add those together and you get 10. So then you do the same thing to 10. You have 1 squared, which is 1, and 0 squared, which is 0. You add them together, you get 1. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So 313 is a happy number, but it's also a prime number. Wait, so it's, well, so that would be 919, which is 19, which is yep, 10, which is, oh, okay. All right. We yeah, do yeah. it that way. So you don't do, you don't do the squares on the 19. Yeah. Cause I was like, that would take well, forever. You, you do. You well, do. then there'd be nine squared, right? You get, you get 81 plus one and then you get uh, 64 plus four. Four, and then you get oh man i don't know don't oh look. i get no i get it no no yeah it, it, it it'll get there eventually yeah 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 it takes a little while but anyhow yeah. 313 is a happy prime oh that's fun okay yeah. um i know we're above 13 though I'll, I'll look into it though okay okay um so this is this is the uh chant that that was just chanted and i gotta tell you i forgot how to pronounce latin um i wrote this at work today while i was on my lunch break eating burrito in the long-gone days of about a year ago, a show was finished. But then, from the darkness, came an idiotic idea. I shall use numbers instead of letters. I said that backwards. Again, I was on my lunch break. <laughs> and so it was. But as with all things, this too must end. I call forth now the gods of numbers. I summon the demons of counting. Tonight we start. Tonight the counting begins. Tonight we are in line with the past. Tonight we are Alex Cast. <laughs> Lunch break, lunch break burrito writing. <laughs> that's that's beautiful. That's that's a beautiful burrito ritual. Perhaps the most beautiful burrito ritual ever. Yeah, I I used to have a few people that listen to the show that every time I did Latin they would they would write to me and get really mad at my pronunciation. And I, I did it twice there mm -hmm. where uh, I pronounced the V as a V and it's supposed to be a W. And but I caught myself the first time, but it was a line I repeated twice. So I'm like. Oh, I think I kind of have to say it with a V next time just to keep it consistent. But so if that person's still listening, I'm aware of what just happened. <laughs> well, hopefully, um, hopefully they weren't listening to what I was saying. Oh, yeah, you're fine. Though. OK, cool. Because there was a, there was a lot of nonsense in there. Yeah. Well, I mean, the fun part about that is uh, no one cares about the show and no one ever will. So it works out really well. You no, know, that's mm -hmm. not true. People care about this show. 
well, not enough people to give me Patreon. Well, I care about com this slash show. Alex Bolin, two X's. <laughs> Do you hear me out there, people? For the love of Christ, this is embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I don't understand the Patreon. Th- I, don't I don't understand why, why more people don't support us. Because a lot of people tell me how much they like my show, but they aren't willing to eat like a dollar a month. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't, I, I, I get that money's tight, but like, like I'm poor as fuck and I support people. Like it's not. Same here. Well, you know, we probably support people because we're creators and we know how much work it is. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's the end of it. Because every time I get a complaint uh, about the show over the internet, and it's not like I get them all that often anymore, but like Mm -hmm. someone will like make some comment about the, you know, the frequency I put episodes out or some dumb thing. And it just back my head, which is like, yeah, but you know. Give me money, and then you can say that. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really poor. Like, I'm so tired of going to work every day. I need help. Like, I know. I, I think I, that's pay- kind of it. Like, we once you're on Patreon, once you have a Patreon thing to support your podcast, nobody gets to complain anymore. Yeah. Unless they are patrons. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think is, so. Uh, which is cool. That's a great. Yeah. I just, you know, there's not enough of them right now. So, um, yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not looking. I, I obviously am not going to retire from work anytime soon, or ever. But like, people like what I do creatively. It mm-hmm. if I didn't have to go to work five days a week, do you realize how many more creative things I could do? I would have books done by now. But shit, I'm tired. Like, yeah. you know, how, like the audience at home, like you know, you're tired after a week of work. No, try writing a fucking novel. It's hard. <laughs> Just get me to where I don't have to work five days a week. That's all I'm asking here, people. It's it wouldn't cost that much. Get me on a four day fucking schedule. <laughs> okay, all right. So, uh, are you gonna introduce me or what? Whatever. You're basically the co-host at this point. Oh come on, um, this is like my. F- how many times have I been on this show? All right, so Aaron Anderson is on. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. I'm just kidding. All right, so Aaron Erickson. Uh, uh, Eric Anderchuk? It's something It's something really, it's an average in there. It's an average of all of those. Oh, so if I take the average out of it. Oh, Eric Arneson's on yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah, that's, okay, hey. that's me. Welcome back. Thanks. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. Yes, I, I I apologize for using your real Christian name, not this not your not your showbiz name, <laughs> Eric Arneson. <clears throat> um, you're on the show. Hello, welcome. We have very little planned. Uh, we have some audience questions, which I used to do on a pretty regular basis. So we're going to do a majority of this episode audience interaction. However, however, how and ever, you have written something that I think the audience would be interested in. Yeah, and Eric, I would like you to tell the audience using not written words, but typed words, the thing that I'm talking about. Please. You go. want me to type words right now? No, I said I said spoken words. Oh, no, I think yeah. I said written words. Okay. <laughs> I'm really tired. I have to go to work like every day. It's awful. And then I have to work at night doing this shit. I you know, the universe is a difficult place filled with uh travesties and um obstacles and shit. And yeah, it sucks. I, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm so, but yeah, but everything can't be an obstacle. I'm, I, I should get some kind of award. I should get an obstacle course award. <clears throat> I agree. How I agree. am I alive? How have I not died yet? This is impossible that I'm still going. <laughs> it's impossible that Alex Cass is at 300 and whatever fucking episodes at this point. Give me Patreon. All right, please tell them what you wrote. Okay, okay. Well, so uh, a couple things happened recently. Um, first, uh, my little brother came to me. He's been going through life changes, as we all do. Um, and he was like, Eric, I, I want to know more about all of this weird stuff you're always talking about. And I'm like, oh, this doesn't sound good. I'm like, what are you talking about, little brother? Nick. His name's Nick. Nick Arneson. Uh, and he he's basically like, you know, like all the, the spiritualism and the weird stuff. I'm like, oh, no, this is, you know, it's, it's one of those paths where once you hit a certain age in life, like if you're really going to make the decision to walk down that path, you're kind of saying like, I'm going to screw my whole life up and everything's going to go super weird. And I'm going to like abandon all of my material values and chant demonic names in the woods, wear furs all the time and eat locusts or whatever. So, uh, you know, I talked to you about this. I talked to a couple of friends about this. I'm like, what do I do? How do I get him to, you know, how do I introduce him to this stuff without, you know, dragging him down the rabbit hole of weird occult insanity? Um, and then at the same time, there's this dude on Twitter. I can't remember exactly what his name is, what his Twitter handle is. But every once in a while, I would post something, and he would respond with this weird question that would be something like, uh, 
what are the names of some prominent European occultists? I'd be like, really? Like, you can't Google that? Or you can't, like, I'm like, and I would, I would always respond, like, there's so many of them, I can't list it in a tweet. He's like, oh, just pick out a few. I'm just really new to this. And he, he's done this a couple of times. And so finally, I was like, you know, I should just make a list of recommendations. So I wrote an article that's that's called How to Get Started in the Occult. And it starts assuming that you know zero things. So it starts with sort of an intro, like uh, read um, Richard Smoley and Jay Kinney's book, uh, uh, Hidden Wisdom, which is just sort of like this ultra newbie uh, introduction to seven or eight different sort of core Western esoteric topics. Um, and then it kind of gets slightly more complicated from there. Like after that, now learn how to meditate. Okay, once you've learned how to meditate, learn how to visualize. Okay, now you've got sort of like a super basic historical background, uh, the most basic skill set, and then here are some easy introductory texts that will introduce you to the world of, say, like chaos magic or ceremonial magic or Wicca or something like that. So it's it's mostly a list of recommended reading and some other resources to sort of point people at. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds all good, but let me let me post my article right now how I think people should get into the occult. Okay. What you... you do is this. Okay. Just watch a bunch of episodes of Supernatural, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and then just post pictures of yourself looking spooky on Facebook. And then you're in the occult. Because as far as I can tell, that's what 90% of this community does. Well, you know, I mean, that is a really good approach, but it's a little outdated. I think nowadays um, people post their spooky pictures on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, is owned by Facebook, so it's the same uh, thing. Okay, yeah. that's okay. That's a technicality, but yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. Technically right. The Tec- best kind of right. I think I've said that every time you've been on the show and every time I've seen you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, the the, the thing is, I, uh, you know, for instance, like I still recommend Donald Michael Craig's book, Modern Magic, which yeah. is, you know, it's a book that's very like golden dawnish, like, oh, you're you want to do magic, but you don't have a magical lodge. So do these you know, hacked up Golden Dawn rituals until weird shit happens. And um, uh, that's the book that I used to get started, uh, and I really like it. But I also, you know, when I think about it, I'm sort of like, well, this book is probably a little outdated. And it does have the tackiest cover in the world. Like, you could you could take the cover off that book and put it on, like, a 90s role-playing game book, and it would seem right at home. You'd be well, like, oh, yeah, that's totally, like... That seems rad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's rad. You know, if the 1980s taught me anything, is that uh, Dungeons and Dragons was a way into the occult. Is uh, that's how that's how Satanism started? You know, I certainly, I think I might have gotten my introduction to the occult through Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I got mine through just being alive. I was talking to uh, Vanessa. I was on her show the other day. Um, it's not out yet, but uh-huh. uh, about you know, st- kind of starting the path of being in the occult and how I got into it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't have an answer for it because it's like I've always thought this way, like. Like, I almost had to be introduced into the normal world. Like, I almost had to, like, have, like, a, like, a, like, like, I had to go down a ritual path to figure out how taxes work. Instead, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what, like, I don't know how regular thought works for the most part. So, like, I had to, like, I had to get, like, my, my introduction to that style of worldview. Because it's, like, my whole life is, I've known this stuff. So how did you get introduced into the normal world? Like, what was your first sort of... Well, I got... I had a weird atheist phase. And I realized, uh-huh. like, I, oh, yeah, that's because I've always believed in weird shit. <laughs> you know, it's just... <laughs> I had this weird... Because I really, like... I If... I, I could show you on Facebook. I fucking love science. And I I got to a point where I was like, oh, yeah, this is probably right. Like, all this stuff. And, I, you know, I got, like, fully materialist for a couple of years. And like annoyingly so, and then I went, oh yeah, this is stupid. I'm just mad because I was raised Christian. It's like that's that's <laughs> a, that's it, you know. And a lot of people don't have that realization. But uh, yeah, I, uh, but that was it. Like, it ne- but I tried to learn how to like think like a regular person. I mean, maybe, how... maybe it's because my brain's broken because I'm a broken brain person. That you know, magical thinking is actually like on the list of requirements for having you know, you know certain I... mental health disorders. <laughs> I'm not really convinced that I know how normal people think. Um... But I also don't think – I don't really think of myself as a broken brain person. I yeah. just uh, – I guess the more the more I study and the more I get deeper and deeper into this stuff, I sort of feel like a lot of, you know, 
do, can we call them normal people? I mean, normal people. Well, I mean, I, I shouldn't say normal people. as you mean like, um, I mean people that, like, I mean what you used to be. Like, because you made a reference. And you, when you picked this stuff up, you blew your life up. Like, well, I mean, not yeah. made a reference. I know this about you and you made a reference on the show earlier. So I felt comfortable saying it out loud. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I blew my life up. Um, but also, you know, I'd been interested in this stuff since I was a little kid. Yeah. I just didn't blow my life up until I was an adult. And I realized, I guess what happened is the interest turned into practice. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like having an interest is totally safe. It's just once you actually start doing it, then you're probably going to blow your life up. Yeah. But that's what I mean. It's, it, I, what I mean by, I meant more the normal path. Like, mm-hmm. so I never was like, I went to, I went to college for poetry. Like I've, I've never, <laughs> I've never done a normal thing. Like I've never done a traditional route towards anything. Like I don't, I don't fucking know how to do that. I don't know how to like get a job that pays money and be like a person that does person things. Yeah. You know, it's confusing. That's right. Not like a normal person. I think a lot of occulty people are perfectly I mean, normal in quotes like yeah but it's just i mean like more like the kind of standardized western life model you know mm-hmm. and a lot of uh, a lot of occulty people do seem to like get normal jobs and hold them down and do just fine with normal jobs yeah, a lot of computer programmers i know a lot of computer oh. programmers that are in in the occulty world yeah like, no, that's for right, instance yeah. i i'm sort of a computer programmer and i'm in the occulty world yeah and yeah. I I used to know HTML really well, so I feel like I'm a computer programmer. And I I've seen The Matrix like twice. Really so think okay, fine, you're a computer programmer. It's a hypertext markup language. I'm not. Uh, I'm not invested enough to argue about that. Using anymore. the hypertext transfer protocol. Now, Eric Eric Harnison from 15 years ago would would probably be uh, laughing at you right now. But no, interestingly <laughs> enough, Alex for 15 years ago used to know how to actually program and wouldn't say things like that. But I've forgotten everything I know about computers. Like when I was in high school, I could build them and program things and I was good at computers. And then oh, yeah. I stopped caring and then computers kept doing different things and I never learned any of those different things. And, yeah, they're <laughs> really confusing now. Computers computers just keep getting more confusing. Yeah, yeah. and I, I stopped paying any kind of attention. But You know, yeah. I'm not totally convinced of that. I mean, you have more computers here than I have at my house. Well, uh, yeah, but they're all crap, um, is is the thing. Ah. Like, like so, no, I've, I just have my, my home computer over there, which is everything is, I have. What's all of this plugged into? This is just a shitty... De- like desktop uh uh-huh. it's, what do you call those desktop okay desktop computing okay and, and that's over there like that the, the second tv over there is is a all-in-one computer that's it oh yeah all right okay well then what do i know it's more like i don't have like a tv that has anything so it's like it all goes through that thing so i, I like having them separated because then i don't ruin things like the old Alexcast setup was everything was the one machine and Boy, did that get awkward. Mm-hmm. I won't go into details, but let's just say certain pictures got on the internet. I'm lying. I just <laughs> I just wanted to say something gross. All right. So that's enough of your bullshit. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. I'm okay. Eric. All I right. like people to pay attention to me. Ooh, right, I write right. stuff. You know, I mean, it's cool. I, Fucking writers. I, I really like I really like attention. It's true. It's. I mean, per- personally, I think I think anybody that publishes anything is gross and should be flogged. Um, so keep, keep your eyes out for my short story collection coming out. I'm also writing a comic book. Um, let's, let's answer some listener questions. Oh, listener questions. All oh, right. Wait, no, no, wait. Let's answer an Alex question first. Okay. So a while ago, I brought this up to you. I said, you and I should talk about tarot sometime. And I don't want to get into a whole deep tarot conversation. Okay. I want to answer our listener questions. Okay. Okay. But I wanted to ask you about this because I realized that I don't have an answer. How do you view the the lesser lesser arcana, like the the you know re, the regular mm. the regular cards, the the ace through king? How do you see the progression, mostly on the pip cards, is what I'm talking about, like the, the two through ten ish. Like, how do you see the progression of those cards going? Because someone was asking me about swords. How like, you know, there's like the really dark, terrible section of swords, and then there's like it's there's kind of an all right section, and not it seems like not each suit doesn't follow the same progression. Like, I mean, to me, I think choose are the same in each one in I, my head. Um, so, okay. So, first of all, I, I think that partly depends on the deck you're using. Yeah. Um, but I actually uh, do try to find commonalities in the progression, especially when I'm using a deck that's just pips. Yeah. So, I sort of look at, um, you know, aces sort of being like the beginning of something. And then you have sort of twos being a... Uh, a uh, recombination, threes are expansion, fours are sitting still, fives are new growth, sixes are love, sevens are um, facing obstacles, eights are overcoming obstacles, nines are sort of like 
a um, approaching a conclusion and then tens are sort of like the conclusion. Yeah, so you wrap it up that way and then yeah. you go into the court cards and they have their own kind of, yeah. Yeah, and then the court cards are, di- yeah, the court cards are different. But so yeah. like, and so you, you take kind of that progression that I just gave and then you cross-reference it with the different elements that each of the suits uh, yeah. asso- is associated with. Um, and using that, you can kind of get some ideas of how things progress. So for instance, like, Earth cards deal with, uh, you know, money and finances or health or, or physical stuff. Uh, swords are the intellect, and I usually consider them to be fairly unfeeling, which is why some of them are so mean. Yeah. They tend to be sort of inevitable things or things that you really have to, like, always face and go through. Um, water uh, or cups are the water cards, and they deal with sort of emotion and emotional feelings and emotional intelligence and that kind of stuff. And then um, uh, wands or staves are the fire cards, and they deal with the most lofty spiritual stuff. But also, you know, each suit, as you progress through it, you go from, like, the most abstract to the most physical or the most complete or real. So you're always sort of dealing with a, um, like, a cascading effect where each suit kind of tumbles down from the most abstract ace, you know, the, the idea in the ace card into something that's fully realized in the 10. Yeah. And then, and then you can yeah, that's what it's kind of, I mean, that's basically the way I think of it as well. Like the, the, for me, ace, I always think of more as like the, almost like the umbrella that mm-hmm. covers the entire suit. So it's like, that's like the, like the ace, like the ace of wands is the wandiest wandy. Like, it's just like the, the concept of wands. Is right, ace. right. So it's just like, yeah, it's really dealing with that stuff. It's like, you know, the umbrella that covers it. Um, but so many, the reason, um, yeah, I mean, I can't really go into it without getting too, whatever. The reason they asked was because swords seem to have like that weird, like really awful bit in like mm-hmm. seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh yeah. That doesn't seem to be, there's, it's not as awful in other suits where it's like this kind of, and I was like, I don't really know. Cause I don't have like a, yeah, that's about the, that's about as deep as I go with it. It's like basically, you know, it starts with an ace, work your way up into, and I, carry it past 10 where that's where the court cards are often real people where it's like now we've actually taken physicality to, oh yeah. yeah yeah well that's an interesting approach to the court cards i i yeah. um i t- treat the court cards as things even more abstract than the ace where you have like uh the the elements interacting or intersecting right so uh, every court card has a base element of its suit and then the court cards themselves since there are four of them they they represent like sort of the elements inside that other element yeah so, like, um, uh, you know, like the, the Princess of Pentacles would be uh, Earth of Earth. And then the King of Pentacles would be Fire of Earth. Yeah. And so you sort of fill it in that way. Um, it doesn't always work super well that way, though, because it ends up being so abstract that if you just get court cards, you're sort of like, well, I don't know what's going on now. So, but I, I try to not let them represent actual people because I have a more internal way of reading tarot where I kind of want it to represent processes that are going inside the the querent's soul or self and not necessarily external things. I think that tarot is more interesting and more useful when you look at it as a tool for self-examination. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm kind of there with you. I just say for me, court cards, not that they always represent people, but I think if people are going to show up in a reading, like important aspects of that person, you know, the, uh, an external influence weighing on you, which, you know, kind of enters more in a psychological state mm-hmm. uh, or like masculine figure or whatever could literally mean father. That's um, true. That's th- – that, yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, no, I mean that's yeah. actually – that's interesting. I, I just never have people show – like when I – you know, when I see like the, the you know – four of wands or whatever i never think oh that's you know we, that's an uncle but like mm-hmm. you know well, you know but it's sometimes in the core cards like oh shit that's the influence of you know but it's also the way i read too i do that 15 card layout which lends itself far more to far more external influence oh, like yeah. literally two sections of you know karmic and and regular and psychological influence at the bottom yeah and yeah. i do much i do much smaller readings than that my readings um i i in fact i don't even it's been a long time since I've done a reading that was more than nine cards, and when I did, it was a it was very experimental. So I I tend to keep my readings fairly uh, short in cards and long in interpretation, I guess. But yeah. uh, but I mean, but also I've been looking, you know, I've been reading a lot more about tarot recently, and it's been making me like 
question the way that I interpret and the way that I have been looking at the cards. So I might be revamping or revisiting a lot of my interpretations yeah. um, soon. Um, I, that's something that I really don't know yet. I am just sort of, you know, I I feel like, as with everything else in life, it's really good to remember that you don't know it all. And it's always important to kind of like go back and revisit things and be like, have I been right all this time? Uh, am I getting enough uh, external influence or external feedback? Or, you know, like what are other people doing? So I've been sort of like trying to pay attention to what other you know, tarot people are doing and how they're interpreting stuff and what um, kind of like ongoing research into the history of tarot has been digging up to see what's going on. Yeah. Um, one of the most interesting, there's a website, I think it's called Auntie Tarot or Granny Tarot. I think it's Auntie Tarot. And, um, and uh, the woman who writes that website uh, has been publishing some pretty fascinating stuff, including some analyses of... Uh, like Arthur Edward Waite's writings on tarot, uh, which is talk and like it just sort of really struck me. A, a, a few things that Waite has uh, Waite wrote that I wasn't that I never paid enough attention to have really struck me recently. One of them was um, Waite sort of like came out and said once he's like, oh, all of this Hebrew stuff and the Kabbalah in tarot. You know, the more I work with it, the less I'm convinced it's true. Yeah. So I was kind of like, okay, that kind of makes sense. And then. Um, Apparently, all of his designs for all of the cards just came out of nowhere. Nobody knows where his designs for the pip cards came from, but those designs have influenced everything that have come after. So basically, I thought that Tower de Marseille is well well before him, and a lot of them look the same. No, but the pip that just has pips. Oh yeah, you're right. Those so, only turn into like the court cards of pictures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, but you're the, totally right. Yeah. The minor arcana having all of their little scenes and images and stuff. Yeah. That was something that uh uh Pamela Coleman Smith and Arthur Edward Waite came up with uh that had just never been around before. So that's kind of interesting, but it's because it really sort of changes um the way that tarot divination is done like all of a sudden you're kind of you know it really makes you question you know what did what did the pips actually mean and how were they used before so so i've been trying to i've been sort of like i'm getting ready to really explore that again and try to figure out if i need to uh re well i guess what i'm doing is i'm reevaluating the way that i interpret the pips yeah um so that's going to be an interesting journey. You know, I, I, I don't know where that's going to go and I don't know where that's, you know, what sources are going to lead me through that, but it'll be fun. Yeah. Well, I keep saying if you want to dive the other way, you could take watch those Lon Milo videos about where he goes full out into the, the Kabbalistic uh, stuff oh. in the Thoth deck. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I've read, um, I've read his, uh, what is it, Tarot of the Ceremonial Magician that, uh, that he put out yeah. and then... I don't. That's not the right name. No, I know. But, uh, yeah, his, yeah, his famous one. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's three. I don't remember. The, I don't remember any of them really. But yeah. But he also uh, really dives into Kabbalah and tarot in um, his Chicken Kabbalah book, which I. That's the one I was just trying to come up with the name. Yeah. Of. I'm like, it's got a silly name, but yeah. Yeah, the Chicken Kabbalah yeah. has uh, a really deep, in-depth ex- exploration of tarot and its relation to Kabbalah and its relation to um, astrology. Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, but again, like. That stuff was all kind of made up at some point, and it's it's. I mean, so was everything. Y- yeah, <laughs> I mean, we. I think we said this uh, that other time. I was on the show where where you're on the show where it's like, yeah, this is all made up for like, sure, yeah. for sure. But a lot of the stuff that that came out of the late 19th century was came out of that um, like sort of obsessive drive that was happening through like the development of the study of comparative religion and. Um, and the need for like the golden dawn to discover, you know, the universal law that ties everything to everything to be related. Yeah. You know, Enochian must be related to uh, Tantra. Oh, you know, tarot must be related to astrology. Oh, you know, Hebrew has got to be related to everything. So they, and they, they worked really hard. They try to like squish everything into this form. Like everything had to be connected. And maybe they might've tried too hard and maybe there's more of that, that we need to kind of like deconstruct and look at from an outside point of view and kind of be like, did this get us anything or did it just make shit more confusing? 
Well, that's what I like about it is I that's why I mean the fifth deck specifically is it's mm-hmm. got the story of the alchemical wedding spread throughout it. Yeah, it's got all this deep ass uh, astrological references. The entire like like system of Kabbalah is built into it, plus all the regular tower. It's impossible to read. That's what I love about it. So just <laughs> I like that it's overwhelming and it turns it back into almost just divination with a deck of cards, where it's just like mm-hmm. you can't know all of this, so you might as well just look at the pretty pictures, which is an awkward way to teach someone tarot. But it's kind of the way I teach is where it's like yeah, oh, it, you. It's fine to know the skeleton, but, like, I like to be overwhelmed and use it as divination where, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's why I love the Thoth. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to go back because I was uh, – years upon years ago, I learned how to read tarot with a deck of playing cards uh, just because I I was really into tarot years ago. And I was like, oh, I want to I want to do it all. Like, you know, I'm brazen. I want to – and mm-hmm. it was – it's an, it's an interesting thing to deconstruct it, to pull everything away and just be, like, what just bored – fucking white people were doing just going like guess we'll tell the future with these cards because we got nothing else to do we were not going to invent tv for a really long time (laughs) um i recently got a deck that is really beautiful i wish i i I should have thought to bring it with me today because you you would you'd really dig it it's called the tarot del fuego uh and um i just saw it on instagram and i was like oh man i gotta get this it's 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 really it's so gorgeous so i got the deck Opened it up, started playing with it, and I was kind of like, oh, shit, none of the symbolism is the same. Oh, yeah. So it's just – and that maybe that'll be the deck that I that I deconstruct with. Maybe I'll just pick up a deck that I should show totally you, breaks symbolism and – After the show, let me I – I have a tarot deck that's so awkward up on the shelf. But anyway, remind me after the show, I'll show you. Okay. Um, but we, we have a question from the audience that relates directly to this. Okay. Um, uh, Hashbang, uh, at Hashbang2. Uh, wants to know about the shared symbolism symbolism in A.E. White's tarot and the forms presented in Freemasonry. Now, admittedly, I don't really understand that question because I know very little about Freemasonry. Uh, I, you know, that is an interesting question. So, um, if there, so, uh, so A.E. White, like for those in the audience who don't know this, he was a member of the Golden Dawn and he was a Freemason and he was pretty prominent in both of those organizations. Now, the Golden Dawn itself uh, borrowed a lot of stuff from Freemasonry. So I would say – so there, there are some things in, in, um, in the, the, the Waitsmith tarot deck that, that seem to be related to Freemasonry. Uh, probably the most obvious would be the pillars in the High, in the high Priestess card. Um, but also, you know, but, but a lot of it – so, I mean – wasn't that just from the Old Testament? Yes, but mm. Freemasonry takes a lot of its symbolism from the Old Testament. Yeah. So uh, so I wouldn't say... I didn't realize I went through Freemasonry. That was yeah. probably a dumb comment. But yeah, no, that totally does. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. I would say that, uh, you know, I mean, I've been working with the with the Waitsmith deck for a really long time. And Are there... we not saying writer anymore? Well, writer was the publisher. I'm saying, I'm trying to train myself to say Waitsmith. Because... Oh, no, I know. But we, we it, it used to, so when I grew up, it was Rider Wait until people said, no, we have to start to remember saying Smith because the Smith Rider is Waits, important because yeah. it's now, and then, but now people aren't saying Rider anymore. Like, what the hell? Just that we've really fucking in, in the, in the 25 years I've been doing tarot, this has been a fucking roller coaster. <laughs> okay, fine. Rider Wait Smith. It, I know, that's it's just I know, really I was just... long. <laughs> I was more just questioning if that's the if that this is a movement of going we don't need to say writer anymore. <laughs> uh, anyhow, I would say that there's definitely a Masonic influence in the Rider Waite Smith deck. The Waite Smith, you know, in A. E. Waite's tarot designs, there's yeah. definitely a Masonic influence. I don't think that a lot of it was overt or purposeful, um, and I would suspect that most of it was probably more heavily influenced by the Golden Dawn. Um, so f- the so the Masonic symbolism filtered its way through the Golden Dawn and into the, um, into Waits designs. Um, but yeah, there are a few places where you see it really strongly, but you also have to remember that Freemasonry, um, borrows so much of its symbolism just from the, the culture that it was developed in, right? So there's tons of Masonic symbolism that was just already kind of European symbolism, um, stuff that came from, European Christianity, Western esotericism, um, uh, the, 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 the Old Testament, has, you know, a lot of it just sort of came from there. So a lot of that stuff was sort of like cultural symbolism that would have been very common already 
that wasn't, I, I don't really see a whole lot in there that's explicitly Masonic. The most explicit stuff is uh, is the, the pillars and the high priestess card. Um, you also get, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I would say it's probably more helpful to look at the Golden Dawn for sources of symbolism in that deck than Freemasonry. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting because that also then bleeds into the, the back to Thoth. It's through the mm-hmm. Golden Dawn into Crowley and Crowley oh, with, yeah, with yeah. Freed Harris. Um, okay, that's a good answer. Well done. Let's Thanks. let's 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 ask more questions. Okay. Uh, because uh, a turnabout is fair play. Uh, our, our friend came on Tana Jordan. Uh, guest. <laughs> uh, we're going to just list her list of questions. Okay. And then you can choose to answer the ones. Okay. If you were to summon a, in quotes, demon, which one, why? If you were to summon an, in quotes, angel, which one, why? Which archetype would you pay money to watch me battle? The, me being her. What's your favorite Nick Cage movie? Uh, what do you think of the recent news of the reanimation of dead pig brains? All right. I'll answer those in reverse order. First of all, I don't think that the reanimation of dead pig brains is news at all. The Republican Party has been around for years. Heyo. <laughs> uh, my favorite Nick Cage movie is not Face Off. Uh, you don't like Face Off? I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said it wasn't my favorite Nick Cage movie. Yeah, but I mean, you said not Face Off, as in every other one but Face Off. No, 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 no. I'm just because not if revealing. you besmirch the name of Face Off in this house, and the correct answer is Mandy. Is I don't know if I've seen Mandy. That came out last yearish. It's amazing. Okay. Uh, okay. I, I didn't say that I didn't like Face Off. I didn't even say that Face Off was my least favorite Nick Cage movie. I just said that it wasn't my favorite. Intimated. <laughs> and I wouldn't even have that intimated in my house. I, I, like, I'll be honest with you, I don't even think I've ever seen that movie there. And I wasn't sitting at a bar with subtitles on. <laughs> uh, that's actually the only way I've seen it. Yeah. Sitting at Sea Bar. I mean, it seems fun. <laughs> uh, let's see. What was the next one? What archetype? Uh, archetype, would you pay money to watch her fight? Sen- the Senex. Absolutely. Uh, explain what a Senex is. Uh, that's the old man. Oh, yeah, Senex. I'm, yeah. I'm the fucking moron. I, you know, <laughs> I don't hear these things out loud. It's like, that's a book word. So I had to literally picture in my head Senex. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I don't even, uh, like, you could ask me to list some archetypes and I'd be like, well, there's the Senex and there's the Shadow. Well, I would like to see her, uh, well, first, I'd like to see her fight the Crone. Uh-huh. Because that's an easy win. Then I want to see her fight the baby. And then after she's tired out, then she goes for the maiden. No, I think that we should just start with Senex. I think uh, watching, um, watching... Oh, no, Senex is the first battle. Okay. She's going to wreck an old dude. I don't know. Not if not if the Senex gets her on one of her water fasting times. Then I, I think I, the I, Senex I, got, totally I, have, I have far more faith in K. Montana Jordan's <laughs> fighting ability than you do, apparently. She's going to wreck Senex. She's going to wreck the crone. I mean, don't even get me... That baby is going to get stomped on. And then it's her versus the maiden... In, in just a you know for the belt. Oh yeah. Okay. That let's do it. Okay. That that works. That's a that's a good. Though to be fair, she said, "Would you pay money to watch her battle?" And I wouldn't pay money to watch anybody battle. I'm not into violence. And especially it, where she that part where she was talking about it, where she wanted to step on a baby. That's gross. Yeah. Hey, Montana, Jordan, Montana, you How can't d- kick babies. You can't kick babies. I can't believe she oh, said that on the show. Geez, that's gross. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, summon an angel or demon. Which one? In quotes, angel and demon. So that's an interesting question because those are both really loaded words. Um, that's why they're in quotes. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Ooh, good job, Montana. <laughs> so, you know, when Montana was like, I asked her the, the stupid Bigfoot question. What was it? It was something like, um, uh, are Bigfoot and UFOs related? And if so, does Bigfoot have a pilot's license? I yes, I believe question. that was it. Yeah. So um, the reason I was asking that is because like when I hear a lot of modern um like paranormal researchers and cryptid experts and stuff talk about bigfoot and ufos and things it sounds so much like uh like a lot of a lot of experiences like cultural experiences like demons and possession and spirits uh just sort of couched in different language so uh so i I just think that that's kind of an interesting parallel i i wish that i was an expert in this sort of i can help you here because this is a lot of where I came from is ufology. That was that was my big thing back in uh-huh. the day. Um, what you want to read is Jacques Vallée. I think it's called Passport to Magonia. Uh, Jacques Vallée is the uh, if I'm getting this right, and I haven't read this shit for years, but he's the one that kind of first made the wait. UFOs are doing the exact same thing as old fairy lore. 
you're being taken away for a long time, weird smells, can't eat the food. Uh, like they're they're mm-hmm. it's it's the Faye stories, but they're done now. It's in a technological aspect that these are these stories have been around forever. Just now they're couched in terms of alien instead of you know the Faye or the you know the Wee People or whatever. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's a, that's like a classic uh, ufological book, which I meant to ask her last time. She's a proponent of saying um, the new f- term for UFO, um, unidentified um, aerial phenomenon. Yeah, UAPs. <laughs> well, what do you call ufologists? Y- y- uap- Yapologists? Y- yep, yapologists. Yep. All yep. right. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, my flying bison's taking off. <laughs> okay. Yep. So, 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 demon and angel. Let's talk about those two words for a second. Those yes. are sort of uh, Christianized words. Also, your favorite Tom Cruise, uh, Tom Hanks movie. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, demons and angels yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. I mean, or what's the one where he's on an island? Um, Joe versus volcano. That's uh, that's probably my first favorite, followed by Angels versus Demons. Okay, and also was he in Ghostbusters? No, you're thinking <laughs> of Ivan Reitman. <laughs> um, oh, Big Big is the best Tom Hanks movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So to answer your question, big. okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. Um, well, here I'm going to quickly I'm going to bang out my answers because you're taking too long. Okay. Summon a demon. I would summon uh, Sweeney Todd, the the, de- the demon of Fleet Street. Uh, if summon an angel, I would summon uh, Battle uh, Alita. Okay, those sound good. Yeah. I like both of those answers. Yes. Okay. I'd summon em- Angel the Vampire. Oh, that would be nice. Because that way, I think you're getting a demon and an angel at the same time. It would half your work. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he's not going to fall in love with me if we bang, so he can stay angel, not angelus. That's uh, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, you know, if we bang, Jimmy, <laughs> come on, that's going to happen. It's it's odd. Though I was more of a Spike girl, a boy. God, Spike was so fucking sexy. That show really made me question some things when I was younger. Well. Never wait, s- wait do, you, do you have a real answer to the angel demon thing? I, I, yeah. I got silly, but it's, it's I mean, such a nebulous thing that it's, you know, I, I, mean, I, I wanted to give you an escape valve if you need one. <laughs> okay, so demon is, uh, demon comes from the uh, Koine Greek word uh, daimon, which is basically just a word for a spirit. And it's usually used to refer to any sort of sublunary or chthonic spirit. So, so I would say um, I've probably called on them many, many, many times, and you just pick the one that's right for the job that you want to do. Mm. Um, now, angel comes from the Koine Greek word angelos, which means messenger. And um, and that's – so both of those are just really, really large topics. But angels in particular, like when you get into – when you get into like Kabbalah, you don't really do Kabbalah work without dealing with angels, and everybody knows that I've done lots of Kabbalah stuff. Yeah, so, and shit's lousy with angels. So yeah, you know, I mean, even just uh, your basic Golden Dawn, like lesser banishing ritual of the pentagram, has four different friggin' archangels in it. So yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's you know, it's got it's got the amount that you could fit on the head of a pin amount of angels. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And if you get into um, if you get into like uh, astrological ma- magic or talismanic, uh, like astrological talismans, there are instructions in Agrippa for like calculating the names of angels based on the magic you're doing, and sort of just like making your own. Yeah. So I remember uh, reading that. That was like the very first introduction to the whole, like, well, not the whole, but like the the number into word magic and yeah. like the, and, and invoking angelic names from it. I'm like, this is fucking awesome. Also, nerd, old old <laughs> nerd. <laughs> yeah, Agrippa was a hell of a nerd. But yeah. He was also a really good sword fighter. Really? Yeah. Which oh. you know nowadays you do get a lot of nerds who are way. Into I wonder sword what Agrippa fighting. he used. But um. <laughs> Ah, oh, I ate myself and I'm going to die soon. Hurt. Okay, all right. Um, so your answer is Agrippa. My answer- I keep interrupting you, sorry. My answer is uh, if I need a spirit or an angel, uh, and it, I will just use whichever one I friggin' need for yeah. the task at hand. Done. Okay. Um, I'm guessing this is that guy, Nate, you talk about a lot, wants to know how you get in the Illuminati. Oh, that's easy. Um, so the way you get into the Illuminati- is you get a mason jar, hopefully like one of those. What are the big ones? Quartz, the quart jar. Like like Eric Arneson. No, no, like the jar. Oh, different kind of big mason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jesus. 
I'm on a lot of coffee. I drank like, I mean, this is a very large amount of coffee. That, that, I chugged, that is a lot and, of coffee. And I, I'm on like ultra high dad joke mode right okay, now. And I apologize was, for it. Okay, fine. So you get, you get, how about a bell jar? You get a big bell jar. Yes. Okay. okay. So we applied. Yeah. You, um, you get hundred dollar bills and you shove that thing full of hundred dollar bills until you can't fit any more in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you seal it up really tight. Uh, you put the magic symbol on the top of it. Okay. You bury that jar in your backyard. Um, and then you send me an email and tell me your address and where the jar is buried. And um, my underground agents will collect the jar and uh, send you further instructions. All right. I wrote down most of that. Well, uh, it's okay. Yeah. Your listeners wrote down a ton of it. And yeah. I'm sure... Now, translated, now, this actually comes from Agrippa as well. So that spell you just referenced, translated is uh, burying in the backyard $100 bills in the modern language is sign up to patreon.com slash Alex Bolin. If you do that on the $100 level, you will become a member of the Illuminati. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, that's the only way to get the secret symbol that you put on top of the, the Exactly. Jar. Yeah. I did put a hundred dollar level on mine because I thought, yeah, why not? I mean, no one's gonna sign. No one's gonna do it. I think I actually said you could come on the show if you sign up for the hundred dollar level. I think you know if we get people who are interested in the Illuminati, they might sign up for the hundred dollar level. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I had more followers. All right. Um, uh, Marrow, Marrow underscore etc. Uh, uh-huh. wants to know if you could rewrite any metaphysical rule you su- suspect is true. Which would it be, and what new law would you replace with it? Um. Hmm. Hmm. I would probably put love over law. That's just a dumb Crowley. You know, you know that I thing think where you just turn a turn a phrase upside down and pretend it's wisdom. That's... Do as that what should be the whole law, but love over law. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Yeah, love under will. Yeah. Okay. Shut up. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, you know no, there's no offense, Crowley, just... there's probably some sort of mes- metaphysical law that says that it's really hard for me to read Marrow's mind and tell what she meant by that question. So oh, I actually would... understood that one far more than the last one. <laughs> okay. I think she means like kind of those like truisms, like uh, like all right. So, I I don't I'm not a big Wicca person, but like you know they say like uh, oh yeah, what like comes the back to you thrice, law, right? Yeah, right. yeah, like things like that. You know those uh, or like um, for me, if if it is a law, like kind of the universal thing of uh, I I not sure if I believe it, but it's certainly a foundational concept in magic is the, the kind of auspices of your birth the happenstance of your birth affecting mm-hmm. your life and it's i it's because i was born in 20th century america i think that's bullshit i don't like i don't like because i was born at you a certain place at a certain time that that has uh, you know kind of a that has effect in the magic you can do i think that's horseshit. now i also don't happen to believe it but it is kind of a foundational kind of brick but if I that think, is a foundational brick i would like it changed i think that that sort of thing is super obvious you know, I mean, even yeah. from a materialistic standpoint, like if you look at it from modern psychology, the place you were born, the family you were born into. Oh, no, obviously that. the time I mean, you were born, all of that influences yes. who you are and influences your mindset, which changes the way that you do magic. No, but I mean, so, you know, I mean, so I'm I was born at the, the, the dying of a new aeon, the beginning of another uh, in Libra with a cancer moon, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, this yeah. is just what it looks like. The way you are is just what that looks like. Yeah, that's oh, that was that was huckstery. <laughs> huckstery. That's just how. That's yeah. what it's supposed to mean. We just don't know how to interpret it well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. If there was a metaphysical law that I suspect was true, how would I rewrite it? Fuck. Am I allowed to swear on this show? Yes. Yes, you are. Fuck. Uh, all right. Uh, so beyond that, one, you think about that one because I have okay, another. Okay. I have another idea. Okay. I would like, and and again, I don't think it's a law, but I think it's. People tend to lean that way. I wish there was more magic in the internet. Because we all, as, as sorcerer types, we write mm-hmm. stuff down on dead trees with magical stuff. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish there was a way to, like, supercharge my keyboard. I mean, I'm sure there is, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we kind of, I almost wish there was, like, a, if we could re, like, we could have a system-wide update in which the the internet carries more magical, you know, mojo than, than pieces of paper. Right, yeah. right. I think that would be great. Like, you know, people get so excited about, um, about gold and gemstones and magic rings and all this crap. Like, I want magic plastic. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do that. Magic plastic. I That's the metaphysical law I want to rewrite. I want plastic to be 
just as magical as gold. Yes, and I want Crystal, Christopher Eccleson to come and save me from my workaday world job when the plastic becomes sentient, and then we can run away together. Into the, that was the first episode of the new Who. Oh, yeah, I totally, yeah. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, yes, I, I, I enjoyed that question. I just don't really have a great, I think both No, I think we got it. Plastic, yeah. as ma- plastic should be as magical as gold. Uh, Steph Quick wants to know some bullshit about how you get dressed. I refuse to have that answered on our no, show. No, no, no. Yeah. Ask the question. What's the question? What's uh, the question? it's literally, uh, some bullshit about how you get dressed. No, no. no I'm, I'm, I'm totally kidding. She <laughs> says, uh, when it comes to, per- she likes when I say her name on the show in a discursive way, it seems. So Stephanie Quick. I, I, I like to feed that. That's not discursive. That was sexy. Oh, yeah. sorry. Stephanie Quick. Yeah, exactly. Stephanie Quick. Um, <laughs> when it comes to personal style, does Eric go more for variety slash on trend clothing or a consistent look over time. I like to think of my style as um, lazy gangster, lazy gangster, lazy gangster. Yeah, yeah. I think of you more as like lazy Oxford, lazy Oxford. Like, okay. l- like yeah. you're, you live in Oxford. Maybe you went to the school for a semester. But you still got like that professorial kind of attire and like walking around <laughs> there. I mean, I got a new hat today. Yeah. I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, yeah. You know, I used to put a lot more effort into how I dressed and I wore suits and ties and all that kind of stuff a lot. And um, then when I blew up my life, uh, I got poor. And poor Eric is not able to afford all of that fancy clothing. So <clears throat> now I mostly. Um, dress in a way where I'm sort of like, I don't want to wear a lot of brand names on things. Um, but I also don't want to uh, look like some sort of slovenly person in a hoodie. I'm in the room. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know a good answer to that. I, uh, yeah, that's what I was trying to gloss over it. I hate talking about it. Okay. I just, it's, well, oh, right. look, I'm decorating the entropic meat bag I'm walking around in. <laughs> Look at look at my look at my fancy cloth I have. It's yeah. it's it's magpie behavior. I mean, you know, I love tweed. So I will say that I like tweed. If too. I could wear tweed everything all the time, I totally would. Uh, it's really hard to find suppliers of tweed underwear, um, but one of these days I will. Yeah, um, I would uh, dress well if I had money and a different metabolism. For I get hot very easily. Yeah. I can't abide a suit. That many layers of clothing is just it's it's intolerable. Like, yeah, it's you gotta so much yeah. hot. I totally I totally understand that. You know, part of it is uh you gotta find the right um suiting material. Okay, but we're not talking about this. Let's let's move yes. on to the next, okay. next question. Next question. Um uh, thank you, Stephanie. Quick. How to spell your name? Um, okay, I know how. I know that one. Oh yeah, no, no, that's just some idiot from the Facebook page. Um, <laughs> look at the shirt he's wearing in that picture. Uh, Eric Millar wants to know if you have any thoughts on Alamore's Swamp Thing run. Uh, possibly the best veiled description of the alchemical process in comics. Whew. Did you read those? No. Yeah, I'm kind of. I read. But... I read them when they came out, and that I think was in the '90s. If that's the ones I'm thinking of. So I, honestly, I. D- I don't have a huge um, exposure to uh, DC stuff in the in, at all. So, you know, I, and in fact, my Ellen Moore stuff, like I just was having a conversation um, uh, before I came over here <coughs> about sort of like the Ellen Moore, Ellen Moore's Promethea versus uh, Bald Dude. I was um, just about to say Bald Dude. I can't think of his name either. God, Grant Morrison. Yeah, Grant yeah, Morrison's right, Invisibles yeah, yeah. and sort of like, Comparing the two of them, um, I gotta say, like, there's a lot of Alan Moore stuff that I really, really love, but it's probably newer than his Swamp Thing run. I don't, I don't have a good answer for that. I'm yeah. sorry, Eric Millar. Uh, I hope that um, someday we meet in real life and that you let me borrow your Swamp Thing comics. Yes, uh, and I don't want to read them again, but I remember liking them like a while ago. Um, his follow up is: Do you have a favorite tarot deck? Yeah, well, I mean, an absolute favorite? That's a good question. Um, I've got a few that I really, really like. Uh, first is uh, Robert Place's Alchemical Tarot, which I think is just gorgeous and I love using. I also really like, um, you know, the the Waite Smith, the Rider Waite Smith deck. Midnight Rider Waite Smith. Yes, yes. It is, uh, it's a classic and I really enjoy using it. Um 
there are decks, you know, I just have, I just keep thinking of decks that I really, really like. I don't know if I've got a favorite. There are some art decks that I really enjoy. So the Tarot del Fuego, which I just got recently, I have a really strong fondness for at the moment, but it might just be infatuation. It might pass. Um, there's a deck called uh, the the Bruegel Tarot, which is based on the artwork of Peter Bruegel, and I love that deck. It's almost impossible to read for, read with, because it's packed with so much weird little detail and symbolism, but it's hilarious and intricate, and I really enjoy that one. Um, yeah, I don't really get, I'm not a tarot collector, like hardcore tarot collectors, so the decks that I do get are ones that I enjoy and have something about them that is either like educational or beautiful to me yeah it's been my experience too i mean i i've i have a f- few more decks than i should have uh, yeah i've, I've I have gotten that better too i need to get rid but of some. uh my my favorites at the moment is uh uh kim crown's the wild unknown i th- those i love that deck it's so easy to read it, oh it's my just god like... that is the trendiest thing i have ever heard you say yeah but the problem is yeah that happened after i got it i i, I was here first if oh I could be my god about that it. is yeah. the most hipster thing i've ever heard you say Oh man, you should hear me talk about music more often. But um, no, I love that deck. It's it's so it's a joy to read after spending twenty years with Thoth, uh-huh. where it is you know that's like I mean that's that's dragging your feet through concrete to get anything out of it. And when you do, it's joyous. But mm-hmm. that's a difficult deck to read. But I love that. I love the uh, um, the de- what's it called the Deviant Moon. Yeah, Deviant Moon. Uh, it's oh yeah, I've seen that one. That's like with the the pale skinny people. Yeah, it's I love that deck. It's so kind of just weird and macabre mm-hmm. like i I'm, I'm a huge fan of that um and then my thoth is it that that's my girl but those those are like the three that i use the most and, and yeah. I, think I like the most i'm, I'm trying to i'm trying to read the rider Wade smith now like I, I finally bought one of those and i've probably only done like three or four readings with it and it's just it's uh, it has not resonated with me yet. Well, you know, it might not be... It, the thing about the Rider Waite Smith is it sort of forms the basis of a ton of modern tarot decks. So you, uh, you know, you're probably reading something really similar through the Wild Unknown. Um, although I don't... I, I'm not very familiar with the Wild I Unknown. I think the Wild so. Unknown basically is the Rider Waite Smith as far it, as like It really the, could be. I think I think all the, the major arcana go in the same order. There's nothing switched. I think... I'm pretty sure it's just... Mm-hmm. A, a, like a newly skinned version of it. I haven't really done a ton of. I just I got it as a gift, and I was like, "Ooh, this is so fun to read." It was just it's kind of a, relaxing. Yeah, it's a beautiful deck. I, I really say that it. I, I, I've from when I have looked at it, I've been really impressed with how gorgeous that deck is. Um, and then I'm I'm kind of like I'm curious about, and I think the next deck I'm going to get is probably the uh, Tabula Mundi, which is made by. Uh, the non Susie Chang half of um, Fortune's Wheelhouse, which is a great tarot podcast that your listeners should check out, but only after they've signed up for your Patreon. Yes, please. And yeah. and when you're done with my Patreon, sign up for Eric's, but mine first since this is my show. Y- yeah, agreed. Yeah. Yeah. You lead with yours on yours. Um, <laughs> Uh, so that's all the questions we have for this week, but I'm going through um, uh, my Alex Cast things to talk about list. Oh, no. Uh, and all of this is stupid, and I don't like it. Well, just pick one anyhow. Oh, well, okay. So here's here's my... Um, no, that's about suicide. Let's not talk about that. Okay. Uh, that's also about suicide. Jeez. Do um, you have any about murder? No. Okay. Uh here, I have the line, I'm starting to think my imposter syndrome might be just a I'm not that talented syndrome, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I think is funny. I have the phrase, have I read a book? No, I'm American. I'd be burned at the stake word I admit to having allowed the letter voices in my head. Um, uh, oh, here. Uh, here's a thing uh, I was thinking about. Uh, so this, I'll read this in, in, in full. Humans are adorable because we can empathize with fictional characters. Mm-hmm. We're machines of empathy in the purest form that cartoons can make us cry. I think that's an incredible statement in the favor of our continued existence. Because I tend to agree with people who are like, oh, humans are terrible. We're burning the earth and all the bad stuff. But it's like... But we then we cry at cartoons. Yeah, we literally make fucking oh. cartoons and cry. That's amazing. Like, we are empathy machines on a pure level. Okay, like, what's the last cartoon you cried at? Uh, Probably Adventure Time. Yeah, oh yeah, I cried at Adventure Time, but I also cried at uh, uh, Voltron Legendary Defender. Oh, I got a little misty at that too. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was, yeah. There was a... Oh, there was another one too. Uh, um, 
the Dragon Prince got me got me Misty a couple times. Oh, you know what? Oh, that yeah. was a great cartoon. I yeah, cried yeah. a little bit at that one too. Yeah, that was a that was I got some movement in the in the tear ducts. Yeah. But uh, it's it, yeah, people like kind of rag on humans all the time, and it's like no, I, I think we're pretty all right. It's just like we we're, we're capable of really deep feelings. I yeah. think that's amazing. It, you know, we just need to we need to nurture and indulge the deep feelings that don't involve murder. Yeah, but you I know? mean, also it's one of these deals where on that note, so this comes from a conversation someone just uh, flipping out about uh, uh, how bad the world's getting, or whatever, and they're talking about a. Uh, um, Oh, I don't remember what it exactly was, but it, let's just say it was a murder that happened in Portland. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's terrible people killing each other. I'm like, but the thing is, you're talking about a news story. We live in a world where it's a news item that someone got murdered. That's amazing. Yeah. Like for most of human history, that's just a Tuesday. Like mm-hmm. there's just bodies rotting in the street. There's just piles of horses and feces and dead people just in the street. And you threw your bucket of night shit on them in the morning. Yeah, and now I we're mean... like, oh my God, like... Families were torn apart at the at the United States border, which obviously I'm gutted about. That's awful. But the fact that that's a news story shows how great we're doing because yeah. that's a news story. Like that used to just be like, yeah, that's that's how you get workers, you know? Yeah, we, uh, you know, I mean, that's one of the that's one of the sort of I don't know what you like. Modern misconceptions is that the world is getting worse when really there's a lot of things that are getting better. Yeah, where there's way less war. Sorry, far less war, far less murder. Crime rates are going down. Like we're in a lot of in many parts of the world, things have been getting better, and I think that's good. I think that's that shows that humans can do good things. I mean, it'd be great if we didn't boil ourselves off the planet, but you know, maybe we'll do okay with that. Maybe we don't need Florida. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've said, and without joking, Florida is a plague on this country. I wish Florida would go away in Texas, and this country would be a lot better. Well, I think a big chunk of Texas is probably going to flood. Yeah. Well, it's not even... And the thing is, it's not that I hate Texas or Texans. It's just, what does that have to do with America? They're literally proud of being a rebel state. They fly a flag to reference the fact they used to be their own country. What? Why are we holding on to places that don't want to be here? <laughs> like, why are we... Like, like where we, we live now? Why are why have we not done Cascadia? Let's break this shit up. What Dude. Do, what do we have to do with the fucking square states in the middle? Why are we in the same country? That makes no sense. Dude, the last time... Yeah, it. I, that's a good question. I don't have an answer for you. I really don't know. I demand an answer. <laughs> I, I have zero answers. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe that would be a good idea. Maybe it wouldn't. I mean, you know, we got, at least we've got legal weed. It's true. Yeah. There's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they uh, just legalized the uh, uh, ketamine treatment for depression. The FDA approved it. Oh, which is fantastic. I still can't afford it, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. Hey, let's, you know, yeah. you know, maybe if your Patreon picks up, can start getting horse tranquilizers for your depression. That'd be so nice. It's supposed to be amazing. It's yeah. and it actually it's it's specifically for the kind of depression I have. Is it's that's what the treatment is. But it's ooh, it is pricey. Yeah. Oof. Well, well, it's pricey before it became like uh, the FDA passed, and now that it's like your insurance will cover it. But you have to go to like special classes, and the, like you can only take it in front of people because it used to be such a schedule, you know, schedule one. <laughs> oh my god, drug. Yeah, which is yeah, fucking well, America. Uh, America. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I'm not saying we're we're great as as, as humans, but man, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, I, like, I about, agree with you. Think about how smelly and awful the past was, and that wasn't that long ago. I mean, the oh, past I was like a week last Tuesday. I mean, now <laughs> we've got like toothpaste and deodorant, and you yeah. can get both of them at the dollar store. Exactly, toothpaste, deodorant. We like we we have potable water. Like we have we built infrastructure so that like schlubs like me that I'm poor as fuck and I can walk into my kitchen and have drinkable water for essentially free. I I'm I'm really happy about that. I think that we everybody should get drinkable water, uh, and as much ketamine as they want. Yeah, but I mean, like we're only talking about white people, though, right? Uh, no, I think white people should probably go at the bottom of the list. So, Ew, oh, yeah. geez, all right. you're on the wrong show. Oh, I don't know if I told you this. I'm a red hat Trumpy now. I yeah. Oh, I only. Well, I, I'm sorry about the pig brain. I got uh, joke. Earlier. I got very. I was trying to order uh, an ancient distribution of Linux, and the next thing I know, I'm a big Trump fan. Oh, God, it's a, it's a uh, old red hat fedora joke for you. Oh man, um, I don't know. That's not a good joke. No, it's of course not. That's what I try to do. There have been so many better jokes in this show so far. What I try to do is hurt people with humor. Is, oh. is really the idea? <laughs> is to say the most people because. I like to waste my brain on puns and bad jokes because it's like, what are you doing? Like, 
how deep I had to go to pull that out. I could be using that brain power in something useful, but no, I'm going to make Red Hat Linux distribution jokes. No, it's cool. <laughs> you already spent um, some time uh, pondering metaphysics earlier on this episode, so you're cool. Yeah. Don't worry about it. So I finished the show up on pretending to be racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Do we have any more listener questions? No, that's it. We're, we're out of listener questions. Okay. All right. Which was more than we had last time. So that's, you know, that's good. Well, last time, I mean, I don't really want to like, I don't really want to bag on Montana, but, but she was answering listener questions as people were asking them on the internet. Like she should have saved them all for the show. That would have been better. Yeah. I mean, but to be fair, all those questions were just you. <laughs> so really it was just a complicated uh, conversation between you and Montana via this show. Okay, that's that's fair. Which that I'll tell you, I mean, whatever. I'm just trying to fill an hour, man. Like, <laughs> I just, all, all this is is just me screaming into the universe for another hour and, and, and proof that I'm not dead yet. That's it. That's the entire Alex cast. It's just, it's, it's evidence of continued it's, life. It's proof of life. Yes, that is that is my that is the only deal. Okay, okay. I think we're just about done. Uh, All right. How do how do they find you on the internet? Well, um, I think that the best way to find me on the internet is to just scream into the void, and if you scream at the right frequency, I will hear you. Cool. Uh, but you can also I'm Arnamancy on everything. So I'm Arnamancy on Twitter. I'm Arnamancy on Facebook. I'm Arnamancy on Instagram. Oh, I have an Instagram account now. That's kind of new. Uh. And then um, I also have a podcast called My Alchemical Bromance, where I talk about beer and the occult, mostly the occult, sometimes beer. Um, so those are probably the best places to find me. Good. And uh, I'm sure there will be links in the show notes. Uh, yes, I, I'm good at I'm good at doing that, uh, uh, at putting links up. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, I would really encourage you to look up uh, the Alex Cast's Patreon account. And contribute, like, just as little as a dollar a month can really go a long ways towards making sure that Alex doesn't live under a bridge. Yes. A um, dollar a month, that's all I'm asking. Though if you do five bucks a month, you get, like, extra content and stuff. Because I do post things there. There's actually a, a, a Patreon-only episode of John and Alex Hate Stuff, my other podcast, which I never talk about on this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think if they do the $100 a month, then you will... Um, personally call them while you are on ketamine so they can have a conversation. Oh, wait, you know, actually, while, we're, while we're here, I want to find out what, because I just, I, I literally, I was just being a dick and I put a hundred on a level and I want to, I want to see what I actually offered there. Because okay. um, I'm, this, I'm is, this is good, Lou. This is, this is a. I'm guessing, I'm hoping this will be funny because I'm, I'm trusting my past self to do something stupid. Um, okay. So uh, yeah, the hundred dollar tier is godlike entities. <laughs> um, uh, they get access to the Patreon, Patreon only writing and podcast, the entire back catalog of the Alex cast stickers, a personalized item of choosing signed book, unique drawing, audio message, guest spot on the show, something else within reason. Just ask. It's not very funny, Alex. I'm disappointed in you. Oh, past I'm going to rewrite it. Okay. I'm not. I, no one cares. No one's going to look. No, no, they'll look. They'll look. Yeah. If someone signs up for a hundred dollar level, this is what I would do. I'd have them on the show. Uh-huh. But I mean, they got to be on for like, a, they have to like do at least like a month, like mm -hmm. or like two months before they're on the show. Because I don't want to like, I'm like a sellout guest appearance for a hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, for a hundred bucks. I mean, come on. This is like a, this is at least a hundred and twenty five dollar guest appearance. I'm going to say yes. I used to, at the height of the Alex cast, get mm -hmm. paid by a company every now and again to talk about uh, a, a, a news article or like interesting thing that they mm -hmm. put out. Uh, and I was paid to ingratiate it into the episode. Ingratiate's the wrong term, but um, uh, talk about it in the episode, and then put a link on the website, and I'd get sixty bucks to talk about it. Mm. Uh, and I didn't, you know, it could be like a five-minute segment. So I used to get sixty bucks for five minutes. Yeah, the I, good old days. That's back when. That's back when I had. Uh, that's back when I had the numbers. The numbers. The numbers. Johnny numbers. Johnny numbers. All right, we're done. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm saying bullshit okay. now. I mean, I was saying bullshit the whole time, but like now I'm saying extra bullshit. Well, thanks, listeners. Yeah, bye, listeners. We all love you. Thanks for having me on again, Alex. This is great. You're welcome. Bye.